The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I get strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the new while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Did you and I outweigh? Hey, Outweigh listeners, Leanne Ellington here. And before we dive into our interview series, I wanted to give you some context for what you're about to hear. I also just wanted to hold space and be sensitive to the fact that some of this subject matter might be a little bit confrontational or triggering for some of you that are on your healing journey. That being said, I didn't want to just not talk about it or avoid these important subjects altogether because wherever you are on your own healing journey, at some point you might be ready for whatever your next step is. And that might include goal setting or focusing on new outcomes. And let's be honest, most of what's out there in the modern day world to meet you in those goals is a surefire way to bring you back down the road of disorder and toxicity. And I didn't want to leave you hanging like that. So if you are in that place in your healing journey and you're ready to look at what's next, this interview series shares a perspective on how to do just that while still keeping your mental and emotional health and your healing journey front and center. And if you're not there yet, that is absolutely okay as well. And I simply invite you to just tuck this information in your back pocket or just skip it all together right now and just know that it's there when you're ready. And, you know, truthfully, just thinking back, 10 or 15 years ago, the subjects that we're going to be covering in this interview series might have triggered me a little bit based on where I was in my journey. And that is totally okay if that's the case for you too. So yeah, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up that we are going to be covering some topics that might not have been broached yet on this podcast, but also just reiterating that the purpose is to show you how to view these once controversial or difficult topics in a beautiful, healthy, and empowering way that 
that ensures that your healing journey stays front and center. And again, that's only if or when you're ready. Because here at Outway, we always want you to feel safe to be exactly where you are. And we will always try to meet you there. So with that being said, let's dive into the interview series. Happy Saturday, Outway. It is Leanne Ellington here, and I am here for an amazing interview series with Holly Baxter. Hi, Holly. Hello, hello, my love. So happy to have you here. And if you missed last week's episode, definitely go check it out because we really set up the why behind the what of what I brought Holly on here to talk about, really diving into this idea of how to have both. So obviously, we are all about healing your relationship with food, healing your relationship with your body, taking care of whatever disorder might be going on in your brain. But we also understand that there's life after that, right? And we want to encourage that and we want to give you permission to have whatever the next level is for you. And I say after you've healed, because it's really this ongoing journey. But once you are ready for that next level, you know, to give yourself permission to not have shame about it. So we talked about a lot of these distinctions in the two things can be true at the same time series that Amy and I did. And then if you missed last Saturday's episode, really talking about learning from my own mistakes and what uh, what I learned, the good, the bad, the ugly from my own journey as as a woman on my own journey, but then also working with other women alongside theirs. And so, again, if you missed last week, I shared that I went out and and sought out Holly, who I I'm now have the pleasure of speaking with, to really help me figure out what would happen if now that I had this, this health, and when I say health, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of it, what if I wanted to go up level? And what if I wanted to make sure that that was first and foremost, but really go take things to the next level, find the next level of strength and find the next level of just really appreciating my body and seeing what it can do. And this really came in the forefront when I realized I was turning 40 and I didn't want to buy into the myth that everything goes downhill as you age. So that being said, Holly is here to really just, you know, guide us. And she's going to be on here for the next few weeks. And we're going to just dive into all of this and give you a lot of the why behind the what. But before we do that, I wanted to just have Holly, you know, share a bit about what she's gone through, her personal life, what's led her to the professional work that she does, and share her testimony because it is anything but ordinary and it will really pave the way for what we're going to talk about today. So I would love it if you wouldn't mind just kind of share with us, you know, where you're coming from, um, the, the story of Holly and what's brought you to to what you know and what you do and who you are now. I absolutely got into the career and the profession that I have today for all the wrong reasons. And no shame about that. I think I used to have a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, you know, sharing my experiences. And today I have found it like so valuable just being transparent and honest and opening up to, you know, this is the life that I've lived here, are the reasons for why I think, you know, I developed these different dysfunctional thought patterns, behaviors, beliefs, and then, you know, how I have been able to kind of overcome that, but also just accept that like life is a journey and you don't ever fully heal or recover. I really can say that from the bottom of my heart. Like I am five years into this now, like post will say healing quotation marks, 
But I, I think that it's an ongoing, you know, evolving uh, lesson. You know, these things don't just disappear out of our lives, but we get so much better at being able to adapt and to cope and to accept who we are. Uh, and that really makes it so much better um, and allows us to kind of uh, move forward and, and achieve our best self, I think. So, I know for me, um, so much of, uh, I guess, the struggles that I had started from childhood. And I think for about 30 years of my life, I probably ignored all of those things. And it took me going back and working uh, pretty consistently every week with my own mental health therapist to kind of unpack and discover, you know, why Holly, that the person then kind of was the way she was. And a lot of it stemmed from trauma. When I was young, I had several different experiences that I won't go into too much detail about today on the show, but a lot of that perfectionism that I felt, that OCD, the the need for control and, you know, that my my body was, you know, the, the thing that got me, you know, the validation and the acceptance and feeling like I was worthy. Like all of those things were founded upon my experiences as a young girl. And it really took a long time to kind of go back and work through all of that. And I think with knowledge and understanding was what really allowed me to accept because I didn't have an understanding or a knowledge of, you know, why am I like, I just thought I was broken. I'm wrong. Like I'm suffering with binge eating disorder. I've had bulimia for 15 years. You know, I've struggled with anorexia in my early teens. Like what is wrong with me? And, you know, doing the work with a therapist and looking at all of the influences that kind of shaped the way that I was, you know, growing to be allowed me to start my healing journey. So I think so much of it comes back to, you know, having this willingness and desire to change. Mm -hmm. And you have to be so incredibly intentional uh, with the person that you know you want to become uh, in efforts to, to get there and to get past this. And for the longest time, I just remember feeling absolutely stuck. You know, I would critique myself. I would compare myself. And, you know, my relationship with food was horrendous. And I, I just remember thinking, and this is probably like 12 years into suffering with binge eating disorder and bulimia, will I ever be free of this? Mm. Or is this something that's going to be with me for the rest of my life? And yeah. I remember the exact day where I decided, no, this is not the person that I want to be anymore. And I had hit rock bottom, mind you, like yeah. really hit rock bottom. And that was kind of the turning point for me in making so many changes. And I was the only person that was ever going to make that happen. It has to come from you. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, the big thing I want to highlight is when you said like, no, I don't, I refuse to live as this version of myself any longer. And I know that seems scary. And, and I know for, for me, for lots of times, I wish that somebody would shake me by the shoulders and do it for me, want it for me, save me from myself. But like, like you said, you have to get to that point where you're like, no, first of all, this is a really big problem. And I'm no longer willing to live like this. So for you, and I know, obviously, you have different, you know, avenues in, in your career that 
that work directly with with women around their bodies. So how did this manifest for you in your own life? And then how did it kind of, you know, show up and appear when you got into and, and share a little bit about what you do professionally, too, because I'm, you know, I, I know that that's very much related. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when I was young, I did a lot of sport and like my parents kind of put me in everything. I was very competitive. I was also kind of curated to be, you know, a really good studious girl. Um, you know, I had to get good grades. You know, I knew that that was really something that was important to my parents. So I was this constant little people pleaser where, you know, I kind of avoid uh, all of my wants and needs and desires and really did things to please like my family. Uh, I did things to please and impress other people. And I guess in many ways, that's kind of why I got to the place like in my sporting career. So I actually competed at a really high level for athletics uh, as a junior. So I was a track sprinter uh, and I did that all the way up until I was about 18. And I did that in college as well. And then I also was really interested in, you know, what fuels your body and how can you perform your best? So I think my initial interest in getting into health and fitness, which is kind of the industry that I am in now, um, I guess my credentials are I'm a dietitian uh, and also a science educator. So I did a, a bachelor of food science nutrition in uh, my undergrad, and then I did a master's of dietetics. Uh, and now I find myself doing all kinds of things in all areas across uh, the health and wellness space. But yeah, I think my my journey into, you know, my career as a dietitian was really dysfunctional. It wasn't coming from a really healthy place. In fact, my first coach that I ever had, I guess at a professional level, uh, he also used to coach the reigning uh, Olympian for the 400 meters. Her name was Kathy Freeman. She's an Australian runner. You know, she's very well known in, in my country. But the, the worst thing that ever was said to me, and it's so amazing just how one small thing that you can say to a woman about her body can be the thing that ruins her for the rest of her life. Yes. If you are not careful, that's why I'm so careful with you know how I speak to people because you just don't know. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford. 
a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. This coach said to me, you know, it'd be just fine if you could lose a little bit of body fat. You know, that body fat is slowing you down. So we need to get you leaner like Kathy. And she was an inspiration of mine at the time. Like I'm a young girl. She's like in her late 20s. And I think for me, that was kind of what tipped me off in this, you know, downhill spiral of, you know, oh, well, my body has to look a certain way. I didn't understand, I guess, from a metabolic standpoint or from a performance standpoint, you know, this concept of fat versus muscle. I view that at the time because it wasn't explained to me. Um, Well, okay, my appearance is obviously really important. And at that time, you know, you're being influenced by a lot of people around you because you're a young, you know, growing woman. And I really felt this pressure to, you know, be extra lean and I had to look a certain way and I had to be the best. And that really stuck with me. And Mm. it was one of the things combined with, you know, years of trauma and growing up in a household where I would, you know, very openly now say, like, I was raised by a narcissistic mother, a narcissistic father. And it just, it was such an uncomfortable, lonely existence as a kid. So I I went on and, and I obviously pursued my career in health and fitness and found myself in a career of bodybuilding. And again, that was all done in efforts to control what I put in my body. It wasn't because I loved this sport. It was really just a way to manipulate how I looked because I really felt that my value was tied up in, you know, my, my leanness. Uh, mm-hmm. And it got me the validation that I felt like I needed. So, yeah, I think that's kind of, uh, I guess, my my journey through my career uh, and going on now 15 years. I'm 34. I graduated when I was 22, I think. So I've been in this space for a long time and I have done a 180 in, in what I believe in, how I coach and the messaging that I uh, try to share with my audience because I can see like there are certainly a lot of downsides to always focusing on, you know, your physical appearance. Just a couple of things I want to point out and just speak to, you know, when you said that your identity and your value was wrapped up in your leanness, you know, and I think I'm assuming pretty much everyone here listening to this podcast, I know for me personally, that is one of the was the determining factor for me. And, 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 that's what you learn when you are influenced by people who that is what they value, you know. And so just giving love and compassion to anybody who's listening, knowing like you're you're not alone, like that is just what is so commonly learned. But the fact that you recognize that and, you know, and for one of the reasons I was so excited to bring you on here is, you know, obviously the emotional stuff that you grew up with. I mean, anybody that knows 
knows you, knows that you are the most loving, compassionate, giving person. And that's on the heart side. But on the brain side, you know, the mm-hmm. the what you teach and what you learn is just a testament to also what you've been through. Because, I mean, you are the most knowledgeable person. It's one of the reasons I hired you is like you are also the most knowledgeable person when it comes to the evidence-based, science-backed stuff. Because, you know, even you mentioned it, like working with a dietitian, I can't even tell you how many clients I work with. And they're like, yeah, I worked with a dietitian that it gave me even more disorder. And I'm not mm-hmm. knocking dietitians. I'm not doc- knocking nutritionists. But a lot of times it can become more of that orthorexic lifestyle or attitude that it influences in the wrong direction. So I really believe that, you know, a, a testament to who you are now is having gone through that and gone through all of the studying. And you're, st- I mean, every time I, I see something from you on the internet, it's it's your reading studies. You're in, in the lab, you know, in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> you are you are in the midst of it. So that being said, you know, what was it that, you know, really transitioned you from who you were being in the fitness industry in your own life to really taking on this new identity for yourself, but then also imparting that with your clients? Because again, anybody who's who's listened to this podcast, I mean, in general, I'm super, super protective of who I even, you know, bring into other people's spheres and, you know, knowing that I could, because, and I'm, and I'm not trying to generalize, but a lot of the health and fitness industry out there is promoting a lot of the, the unhealth, the dishealth which is a word I just made up, but you get the point. <laughs> and and knowing that you actually practice what you preach, but stand for it, and you've been where we have been is a testament to it. And you're, again, you are a proponent of having both, like having health and healing and wholeness, but also having goals, right? So that being said, just kind of, you know, bring us through, you know, to now, like, who are you? What do you stand for? What do you believe in? And what are the philosophies that you kind of practice in your, in your personal life with your own body journey, but then also what you are imparting with, with your clients and then you have a team of coaches that also you influence and teach as well. Absolutely. So I think for me, like in my journey, the only reason that I got to the point where I decided like something needs to change was I was miserable. I was really struggling with anxiety. I was really struggling with depression. And I I remember getting to this low, low point in my life where I was like, you know, what is, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And it led me down this wonderful spiritual journey. I grew up raised uh, agnostic, so no religion. And that was just the most beautiful experience for me, kind of finding my people uh, and realizing that there is so much more to life than me. You know, it extends so much beyond ourselves. So Mm. I think I know for me that I, I really found so much love and peace and happiness in being able to mentor and coach others and especially women. And I think once I started on my own journey of healing and seeing that there's this beautiful place on the other side that exists where you can have balance, you can enjoy food, uh, you can enjoy you know, celebrating and having some drinks and fun with your friends, but also still respect and value your body and respect and value health. And I think as soon as my mindset shifted away from this idea that my health was my physical appearance and that I started to incorporate health as more than just my body. It was my mindset. 
that was really when things started to improve in my life. And I found myself becoming happier and happier and happier, but it did not go perfectly linear. I can tell you now you do a lot of backward steps. You feel at times like you've regressed, but you know, I think now I can hold space for sitting in uh, a place of stagnance and realizing that that is okay. Uh, you learn to accept your body. You don't have to love it all the time. And I think, you know, that is something that I want to be able to share and help with all of our clients. So what I do now is I actually have an all female coaching team. Uh, we really look at this from an allied health perspective. So at the moment we have chiropractors, we have physical therapists, we have mental therapy counselors, we have nutrition, exercise scientists. So we have got all these facets of science uh, and we're looking to extend into concierge medicine and hormonal therapies to really kind of make this approach to women's health a holistic one because mm. you can't live a healthy, balanced life if you are ignoring your mindset, if you're ignoring your mental health. You cannot live a healthy, balanced life if you're ignoring your hormonal health, your endocrine system. You're not living a healthy, balanced life if you are following a training program that has absolutely no chance in serving the needs that it's supposed to do. So we're really trying to bring together all of these different sciences to make sure that you are, you know, moving in a positive direction, but taking care of your, like your soul, you know, like we, we yes. need to be able to do these things and be happy. You know, we have family, we have kids, we have careers, we have relationships that we need to be able to nurture. And I know that, you know, in my old mindset as a professional, you know, physique athlete, I absolutely ignored every single other, you know, important domain and value in my life. The only thing that ever rose true really was was my physique and training and my diet. That was all I ever thought about. And it consumed me. And that was a miserable existence. So we, I really had to step outside of that, think bigger picture and work on, okay, what can I do to achieve, you know, happiness and find a yes. new balance for me? And I realized over a very long number of years that it's going to change. It will probably never be exactly the same, you know, for here on and into the rest of my life. And it's so important yeah. to be able to pivot and shift and adapt, but then also apply some science to kind of get a little bit ahead in that regard, because there was also a lot of bad information when it comes to nutrition and exercise. So that's kind of what we are doing over here uh, with my team. <laughs> I love it. And we're going to talk about a little bit of the the dream world of that. But but real quickly, can you just kind of share this distinction? Because there is, like you said, there is so much bad information out there. There's so many things. I can't even tell you how many people are like, oh, I read this article on yahoo.com and it said this and it said, you know, science backed. And I'm like, I, I go look at it and there's like a case study of three people in, you know, Anchorage, wow. Alaska or something. You know what I mean? Um, and they're in a bubble of broccoli and grilled chicken, you know. But so this concept, one of the things that really, you know, attracted me to your thought processes amongst everything else that you said was this idea of evidence based. Can you just share a little bit about like the lens that you see things through? Because I know if it's not evidence based, you're not you're not going to promote it. You're not going to talk about it. So can you just share a little bit about what that evidence based world is so that people know what to look for? What what around like the truth from the fiction kind of type lens? I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy. But same old. Oh, yeah. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Can you just share a little bit about what that evidence-based world is so that people know what to look for, what, what around, like the truth from the fiction kind of type lens? Yeah, absolutely. So I think most importantly, you know, if you're somebody that's looking for a coach or you're trying to find good information, there's definitely a hierarchy, you know, when it comes to sourcing that information. And obviously all of us, we go to Google, we type in what we want to find out and we kind of read the first couple of things that pop up. Um, but that's not always referenced or written with an evidence-based approach. And I guess what I mean by that, and we'll, we'll speak about this in practical terms, an evidence-based approach or best practices come from the lab setting. So we're going into, you know, a laboratory where we've got, you know, randomized control trials being conducted. We've got large numbers of participants. We have, um, you know, placebos, we have controls, we have a, a cohort of information that can come out of these studies that kind of um, conclude or give us conclusive information. There are so many subjects that at least I am interested in that still to this day are still at their infancy when it comes to the information that we're learning because they're relatively new concepts, particularly something like reverse dieting, which I know you and I are going to touch on um, maybe in some future episodes. But, you know, that concept and how it can help with improving your metabolism uh, and recovering your metabolic health, you know, that is still such a nuanced area of research that we can't draw strong conclusions. But a good practitioner, if they 
are writing uh, and sharing information, they should be referencing where they're getting that information from. You know, is it coming from a scientific journal? Uh, what kind of quality evidence are we talking? So I think that's kind of what I mean when I talk about evidence-based. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention that because I think when we're talking about having a disordered relationship with food, we'll find evidence for whatever we're looking for. You know, so if we're carb phobic, we'll find evidence that carbs are air quotes bad. Mm -hmm. If we're calorie phobic, we'll find, you know, that restricted calorie, whatever is the way to go. So I just wanted everyone to be mindful of, you know, what is true evidence base and and where the biases are, you know, and and that being said, we are going to give you all a sneak peek at what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks with Holly. But before we do that, I'd love to just kind Kind of, you know, get into our dream world for a minute, because I know um, I shared last last week's episode how I was entrenched in the fitness industry. It's been many, many moons since then. And you're still you're still in it, you know, but obviously you are you're paving the way for for, in my opinion, the next generation of of true wholeness and health and and that three dimensional health. So that being said, like, you know, if, if for anybody who is listening and they're looking at, you know, one of the big things I, I kind of air quotes preach about is like redefining your definition of of health because I learned that health equals eat less, move more and harder, faster, more and that skinny was healthy and that like honestly, a lot of those things drove me towards the opposite of health. So when we're talking about, you know, marrying, you know, like you said, these allied forces, right, that you have of, of bridging the gap, you know, I used to say that I wish that, you know, physical therapy, fitness and occupational therapy had a baby because occupational therapy really helped me with a lot of my, you know, dysfunction physiologically after my surgery. But that being said, like if we could just kind of paint a picture for this dream world of the, of this health kind of bubble that we invite people to live in like what would that what would some of the components be for you if you were to just kind of put your your secret sauce together well obviously my area of expertise is in nutrition and exercise science and those two things together can be very powerful tools but i think the piece that's missing there and we're still missing this in a lot of the research is the psychology component you know the neuroplasticity of the brain you know about learning how to change behaviors because you can have all the knowledge in the world and at this point i can say i know a lot about nutrition and i know a lot about exercise science so i can put together a wonderful program. But here's the thing. If I don't have the capacity from a neurological standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, I may not be able to implement what I'm telling somebody to do, nor myself. Right. So there is such a an important part there on working on your mindset, that self-development route for you to succeed and really step into your best version of yourself. So if it was a perfect, you know, combination of, uh, I guess, services that would help women, I think, step into their best selves, it would have to include those three things as like a, a, an underlying, like foundational input. <laughs> Absolutely. And even just to stack on what you said about the the nutrition and the exercise science piece of it being a tool, we did an episode a few weeks ago on Outway about like, are you using things as a tool or have they become a weapon? And that's the thing. Like, I don't want anybody to dog this idea of like getting really educated in nutrition and exercise science. You know, it's not those things that are air quotes bad or wrong or create disorder. It's our thoughts and our relationship to them. You know, are we using them as a tool or are we using them as a weapon? And so I love it's one of my favorite things about 
about you is you actually kind of reintroduced me to these things of how I can use them as a tool to really empower myself. But again, it had to take place after I healed from the disorder. And that's one thing I really want to emphasize to anyone listening is like all of these things are fine and dandy in the kind of understanding that you've gone and and healed your relationship Mm -hmm. with food and your body so that you can go use them as a tool. So I love that you said that. Sorry, were you about to say something else? (laughs) I was just going to say, I think they can uh, exist together. I know a lot of the work that we're doing with our clients number one, they've recognized that things need to change for them. They're not happy. You know, they're feeling, they're struggling. Their their relationship with food is extremely disordered and they don't want to be that way, but they're also yeah. stuck in this mindset. So what we're really trying to do is pair those teachings together. So I'm going to give you some information and education, but we're not going to use this as a weapon. Like you say, Leanne, we're going to use this as a tool and we need to have flexibility. We need to be able to know when an appropriate time is to call upon this resource, calorie cycling, uh, you know, step cycling, anything like that. But it has to be done, you know, within the context of your current goals. And I think, you know, where there's a big divide, particularly in the fitness industry, is that it's just extreme. There's such dichotomous, um, you know, mindsets and beliefs. You know, we've got good, bad, black and white, healthy, unhealthy. And it is a lot more gray than that, I can tell you now. (laughs) So we're really trying to, to to help people understand how these tools can be so incredibly effective. But we've also got to, you know, we can't neglect our mindset and we we need to be able to improve on how we feel about ourselves because, yeah. you know, you can have all the leanness and all of the things, whatever your goals might be, but, you know, that doesn't change how you view yourself. And I think learning to establish, you know, your true sense of you know worth and your value as a person exists so much further beyond your body. And I love, I read a book recently yeah. and one of our speakers, uh, an event that we have coming up, um, Dr. Lindsay and Lexi Kite, they have the book called More Than a Body. And I, I just love one of the quotes they say in the book, you are not an ornament. And I don't know what that, that really struck uh, something with me, mm. but, you know, I really started to think about it. Wow. My body, I get this one amazing vessel that's going to take me through my entire life. I better start looking after it. And that doesn't just mm. mean the work that they do in the gym or the food that I'm putting in my body at work. It's, it's also my mind. So yeah, I think a collaboration of all of those things are so important. Oh, I love this conversation so much. And yeah, and this hopefully this gives you hope if you're listening and you're hearing some of the things that we're talking about and you're like, hey, that is I'm not there right now. It's OK. You don't have to be there. This is really giving you that permission to know that there is like life on the other side of the healing that you're in. I know that we think that, you know, sometimes we think we're the only one struggling with, with something or we think we're air quotes broken. But I'm, I'm telling you, first of all, you're not. But also there is a beautiful way to address health and approach health on the other side of it when you have this new way of thinking a new mindset. So super cool, cool conversation. And just to kind of give you all a sneak peek of what's coming in the next couple of weeks, next week, we're going to have Holly back and we're going to talk about this concept of reversing and how to really leverage the power of of being knowledgeable and equipping yourself with what you need to actually fuel your body, but also using food to maybe heal metabolically what's taken place. Maybe you've been one of those people that's adapted to a very low amount of food and you have fear 
fears of what's going to happen if you start eating again. Or I know for me, I was like, oh my gosh, if I start eating again, I'm going to gain all this weight. I'm going to feel out of control. But there is a way to meet yourself where you are. But again, in an evidence-based way, and it's this concept of reversing that I learned. It's one of the reasons I sought out Holly because I was she's pioneering this concept in, in the industry. So we are going to talk about all of, of those things and how to use it to really heal your relationship with food, heal your relationship with your body, but also heal metabolically maybe what's taken place. And then the following week, we're going to put a wrapper around all of this and really bring the two things can be true at the same time concept together, where we are going to talk about practically what does it look like? Okay, now you've healed. Now you're looking forward and you want to take on the next level of goal setting. How does that actually happen? How do you do it while protecting the healing journey that you've had and while keeping that mind, body, spirit, soul, freedom that you've created front and center. So thanks for being here, Holly. Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they learn more about you? So I'm going to send everybody to my Instagram page at the moment. So it is Holly T. Baxter. You can also follow uh, my coaching team. So that is team Holly T. Baxter. Uh, All the ladies on there, as I mentioned before, they have a breadth of different uh, specialties. We're constantly posting every day uh, evidence-based content for free for you guys to, to learn. So that is where you can find me and all of our products and services. Amazing. Well, we will put that in the show notes. I'm over at stresslesseating.com. This is Leanne Ellington signing out for this week of Outweigh, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.